Hello and welcome to Camera Eats First. My name is Devin. And I'm Catherine. And together we are two market girls. We run a vegan YouTube channel and a blog, and this is our podcast where we talk about things like veganism, how we make our recipes, how we run our blog, our favorite food content, and some food news. On today's episode, we are going to I guess talk about some of our favorite food content, favorite recipes that kind of shaped our cooking journey. This episode is kind of inspired by an old article by the writer Nora Ephron, and this is something she wrote in The New Yorker. I think it was back in 2006. Uh, We'll link to the article in the show notes, but in the article, she talked about some of the chefs and cookbooks that kind of guided her through her feelings about food and cooking throughout her life. And when I read it, I was like, this is such an interesting thing to think about and feels like the kind of thing that Kat and I would love to talk about Mm -hmm. with each other, you know, and even like, what were my answers? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I think we're we're just going to kind of talk about whether like certain recipes, certain cookbooks or certain people that kind of shaped your cooking progress or perspective throughout your life. Yeah. Do we do we want to start childhood? Do you do you have any like cookbooks that like your parents used to cook out of a lot and you distinctly remember? Not really, no. Because I like the first recipe that came to my mind was one that I first made kind of myself, I guess. What about you? Do you have cookbooks from childhood? Yeah, a little. uh, Okay, so kind of, sort of. We have a couple. Most of them are centered around baking rather than savory food. Uh, I always remember my mom had a Martha Stewart book. I don't remember which one it was. I could like the she's on the cover, Martha. I don't know what else. (laughs) Like I couldn't. I could. I can picture it in my mind, but I can't actually say it out loud what it looks like. Yeah, I mean, if I walk downstairs, I could get it. She still has it. But uh, it's one of the Martha Stewart books. Um, she used to cook for Martha Stewart a lot. Then there was all this cookbook that I still use, um, just called Cookies. It wasn't just by... Cookies? Yeah, I don't remember the author. It wasn't like this like famous chef or famous personality or anything. It's just Cookies. So a whole cookbook of like 500 different cookie recipes. And we used to make so many recipes out of that book. That this was... explains so much about you. <laughs> that was, uh, you know, the pecan nut cookies in our cookie ebook. Yeah, that's that's inspired by one of the recipes that we used to make from that book. I mean, no wonder you like baking <laughs> cookies so much. <laughs> yeah, so those two cookbooks I feel like are like my childhood, and then also I do remember them cooking occasionally from like a Gordon Ramsay cookbook. But outside of those three, I don't remember any other cookbooks. I do remember, like, my mom used to have, like, magazine pages of recipes and things like that. Same, same. My mom still does. Like, I feel like maybe she had a big uh, Canadian living cookbook. So that feels like such a classic. Mm -hmm. And then probably a lot of papers from Chatelaine or, like, magazines like that where she would just find recipes and keep them for so long. Yeah, no, my mom, I feel like the recipes that I grew up eating that I've even veganized for the blog in part were such random recipes, like the the cheesy like chicken and rice dish that you make on the stove was from like a Hellman's mayo bottle right. or something <laughs> like that. Uh, yeah, it's like the most random places that you find the recipes that you end up like loving. 
that just makes me think of phoebe and friends when she <laughs> discovers that her her grandmother's cookie recipe is actually just from the nestle chocolate chip bag yeah and honestly that's the cookie recipe that we used to make for chocolate chip cookies growing up too wow you're such a phoebe my mom literally just kept the chocolate chip bag and just kept it with all the recipes the empty bag (laughs) (laughs) and for me i think the thing that probably shaped my cooking journey would be the first time i discovered that i am not naturally good in the kitchen Mm -hmm. and that was in high school because I think it was for like a geography class or something. We had to bring in a food yeah, from, from a, a different place. culture or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I guess because on my mom's side, it's English background. So I was going to bring shortbread. Okay. And I still have never lived this down because I didn't put enough flour in it. So it was like crispy butter. Crackers. Crackers. Yes, that's exactly what turned out. <laughs> And ever since then, I was kind of like, no, cooking and baking kitchens are not my thing. Never going to happen because I was just so scarred by that. You've proven high school Devin wrong. (laughs) But that took years. I was going to say, there was also many like burnt um, Pillsbury cookies, which which also I think is like an oven issue too. It was the cottage oven where we burned them a couple times. Yeah, yeah. And even... I think getting to know an ingredient, even though those cookies, they are one single ingredient. <laughs> they are a single but once ingredient. You understand how they bake, then you make that mistake less, you know? You're not going in blind anymore. You're not just throwing something in an oven and hoping it turns out. Exactly. But even though like that, the whole shortbread thing, look, thinking about it now feels like such a simple thing, but it turned into such like a big joke i guess i also had one of those i wasn't making i think we were just making it for like a family thing it was myself and my brother's now fiance girlfriend at the time we were making lemon bars and we just completely forgot to bake the base oh no so it was just raw (laughs) like i don't know what happened where we just skipped the step where it said to bake it we just didn't (laughs) Wait, so then when did you realize that you had forgotten? When it was all done. When it was like, so normally you, I think for the recipe that we were doing, you had to bake the base and then you put the curd in and you bake the curd again. Like you bake it a second time. Okay. We baked it that last time when everything was like on it, but we didn't bake the base initially. So the base was just undercooked. <laughs> so you're like cutting into, you're like, wow, this is really soft. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was super undercooked. <laughs> oh, man, I relate so hard to that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I feel like that is my my childhood is wrapped around baking hmm. that I distinctly remember because those are the things that I would help out with most of the time is the baking, the like holiday baking or the birthday baking or whatever it was. Yeah, I definitely don't remember doing a lot of cooking and really only, again, helping with baking probably around the holidays. Yeah. Baking all those cookies. Yeah, my mom used to, I think I've mentioned this before, we used to make a bunch of cookies and then freeze them all so that we had them for like months afterwards. (laughs) Yeah, we started doing, we would do like a weekend where me, my mom, my sister, and my aunt would go over like to my grandparents' house and us with my grandma, we would bake 
all the holiday cookies together throughout the weekend and then that will be the thing and it just became like our holiday baking weekend (laughs) which I honestly I feel like I mean we're kind of off topic a little bit but I kind of feel like enough people don't do that anymore because like I want to do that but it's so hard to do that in a small kitchen yeah it is so hard to do when that when you don't have counter space yeah so I'm so excited for when I can do that again, (laughs) where I can just like set a weekend aside to just nonstop bake because you need that counter space for like cooling cookies, for preparing cookies, like you just need it. So true. It's a process. (laughs) I think we both like, I mean, to say I cooked in high school would be grossly like (laughs) uh, such a lie. It would be an insult to cooking itself. Yeah, I had actually no interest in food at all like I obviously had an interest in food I loved food still but no interest really in cooking like I still did my general baking that we I did with my family but nothing like it wasn't something that I did like just because same it wasn't something that I was comfortable with or familiar with or like trying to learn at all either yeah it wasn't something I was just like I'm cooking because I need to cook because I need yeah. food right now or like even like the cottage trips are prime example where we would just buy as many frozen things as possible so anything that we could just put on a baking sheet and into the oven <laughs> yeah because it was also like oh that's really easy that's not a lot of dishes we're not we don't really know what we're doing anyways so <laughs> so like I honestly don't think there's anything that I could say from that like like the young adult age that I could bring up at all cookbook or I guess I started watching maybe like uh subconsciously like always watching Gordon Ramsay and like um what else did I watch I mean my mom watched a ton of baking shows we used to watch like Anna Olsen and Martha (laughs) Martha's a constant in my life until she went to jail (laughs) and then we just stopped watching her Not because we dislike her. She's great, but... (laughs) Yeah, I definitely have that. I have... I think I have a pretty significant gap from, like, the shortbread incident to (laughs) when I actually started maybe paying attention to cooking and food. Yeah. Would you say that was, like, around the time of our blog or earlier? Uh, Definitely around the... Because I was going to say, like, the next probably pillar in my journey would be probably, like, Lauren Toyota and Hot for Food. Yeah, mine would probably be, um, oh, what's her name? Angela Lydon, the Oh, oh She Glows blog. Because that's classic. That's like the first cook, first vegan cookbook I got, the first like kind of vegan blog I was reading. Uh, she, I used a lot of her recipes when I first went vegan. And you were also living on your own mm-hmm. too, right? Yeah. At that time? Yeah, semi on my own, but yes. Yeah, so it's like, Either way, you're going to be learning how to cook, but because it was also around the time you're going vegan, it was just like hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so I think Angela Lydon was like the main one. I'm trying to think of any other initial ones. Like I didn't think I really knew about Lauren Toyota until our blog-ish, like maybe like a, a a few months before our blog, because I don't, I don't really remember watching a lot of like vegan youtubers at the beginning of my vegan journey yeah (laughs) and like when we wanted to start the blog i i don't think i was watching any food content i was watching watching a lot of youtube but not really food content and then i i guess like lauren was just 
the channel to watch yeah i mean still kind of is to a point but uh and also like i think i think our channel is also modeled largely off of lauren's hot for food just because like the quality of it was so high and we're like we want to do that the food was so good she was so fun and interesting she was we were just like no no we want to be like a hot for food yeah yeah i think it was her channel but then beyond that it was her cooking style and the way she approached food yeah that was probably not something i'd ever really seen before just like the way she would talk about oh i'm just gonna throw something together or just like so so purely enjoying the food that she was making and coming up with you know like that excitement like i want to say for us and probably a bunch of people her like whole recipe series probably like inspired so much of just like let's just go into the kitchen and see what you can come up with oh big time like that idea of just kind of practicing or training your intuition in the kitchen almost like when I first started watching her like there was no way I was ever gonna do any of those things and feel that confident but it was still like something that I watched and always wanted to make her recipes and just try to think about food the way that she did yeah because yeah I, I agree it was such a like it never looked like she was stumped or like it never looked like she like looked at something and she's like, I actually have no idea what to make. <laughs> yeah. And even because she would do, but she had like a vlog channel almost, right? Yeah. And even those videos just like, I don't know, her her casual approach to food, but her um, serious dedication to flavor. Yes. Like having both those things working hand in hand. I was just like, this makes me excited about food and making it. And so watching her and then us also making food and getting excited about food like those two things hand in hand that that's like a huge pillar in cooking for and food for me yeah and our blog <laughs> yeah <laughs> like tmg entirely <laughs> <laughs> but i don't think i realized it at the time yeah probably not it just felt like, oh, yeah, I'm watching this thing. I don't even think I felt like I was learning anything or that any of it was going to help me at any point. But looking back now, I'm like, no, that definitely did. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like, because we don't like we don't really watch Lauren that much now. No. Not that there's anything wrong with her channel now. You just kind of grow and I don't know. I'm sure I'll come back to hot for food. Yeah. Yeah. I go, I go through phases with lots of food content and i still definitely use her cookbook oh my gosh yes her cookbook is one of the best vegan cookbooks without a doubt yeah her her recipes in her cookbooks and even just old ones on her blog i still go back to Mm -hmm. because something like buffalo cauliflower was probably like one of the first vegan recipes where i was like i know this one well i i can make this yes i can make this for you (laughs) of course yeah i i honestly feel like a lot of the like uh vegan recipe like templates are hot for food recipes (laughs) what do you mean by template not that like she she obviously didn't invent buffalo cauliflower but i feel like it's one of those things that like i don't know once it's on hot for food it feels like yeah this is a thing now (laughs) yeah yeah and she kind of illustrates in it in a way where it just hits so well and it's easy but not simple in flavor and then people take that and it expands from there yeah but yeah i honestly i still think tmg is 
like really and like even though we don't really watch her channel as much anymore I do feel like we're still largely like we it it formed a lot of kind of what TMG is in a sense that it's just it's comfort food of flavors that we like it doesn't necessarily always make sense like it's not always the most searchable thing in the world but it's just really good food that just we just enjoy like that's always kind of what Lauren's recipes kind of pegged me as was just food she enjoyed to eat it wasn't like highly searchable like some of it is highly searchable but it was she wasn't she wasn't holding herself back in in the way that it has to meet seo she just made something she really enjoyed yeah like truly hot for food like this is food that i'm excited about and i feel like for us that those are the recipes that we get the most excited about even though like also for us sometimes the seo doesn't agree but it brings us so much joy that like (laughs) most of the time it doesn't (laughs) yeah but those recipes still need to exist yes i agree yeah um and then i also want to say like once we a little past lauren once we started really diving more into food both of us i think uh the first mess was also a big one Mm. we started i think at one point not necessarily as much as lauren and hot food was but I think we there was like things we were like starting to get more inspired by the vegetables themselves rather than like really edgy vegan cooking that you could do. Yeah, I'm sometimes first mess still feels kind of edgy to me or like fancier than I really am. I don't know why. I love the first mess. Yeah, I don't. Okay, yeah. Disclaimer. I There's some of the recipes like I stick to like usually a couple of her recipes but, like, there's something about going through her cookbook and her blog that just, it's weirdly soothing. And it's just, mm-hmm. like, I'm, like, I enjoy her photography. The food looks amazing. And I just love how well she presents just vegetables and beans and, like, just, you know, wholesome things. Yeah. I feel, yeah. Like, on that level, we definitely have always related to her. And then, again, subconsciously, like, those things just kind of, like, seep into the things that we would make or the way we would approach certain dishes yeah did you have another one to add well i i kind of feel like there's another big gap in my journey that sounds so cheesy (laughs) (laughs) because i feel like they're like hot for food and even like first mess was kind of the start i know the start of our blog but also the start of like me making more food or like being around cooking more and then there's this big gap where like that's all I'm doing I'm just always like surrounded by TMG and cooking so I kind of feel like there's a big gap where mostly my influence is you oh thank you and like oh I've seen Catherine do this or I know I think Catherine would do this so to the point where like you were a big influence on the way that I learned to cook or to think about a recipe or to get more comfortable in the kitchen just from watching you and cooking around you for five years four 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 years before we were apart for a year (laughs) oh yeah right (laughs) four years yeah and I think too once you became more comfortable cooking and like almost like because I feel like there is maybe a period of like a year a year and a half maybe a bit longer where it was like most I still come up with most of the recipes but like once we started doing like the challenges and like things like that where we started kind of both 
talking like figuring out food stuff and like you still come up with some like you come up with a lot of some of the concepts now even if I'm the one making the recipe so I feel like there's also a point too where we just kind of like bounce off each other very well yeah yeah and I mean the the challenge recipes (laughs) definitely kind of like forced me to put more of that into action because I easily could have just kept being like on the sidelines more about it but like I had to come up with (laughs) recipes or think about how I could make something myself, you know? Yeah, no question. So the challenges uh, were fun. I always got frustrated with the challenges. You won a lot of them. Because we used to do the the voting in the, like, card or whatever when YouTube had that. Did that ever, like, did did you ever pay attention to the voting? No, I did. I I would maybe check it once. And I was like, I don't want to check it. (laughs) You won tons of them. I was wondering if any of the act like if winning them in quotes and quote unquote winning them nothing actually ever happened. Um, winning them gave you like an extra boost of confidence. I think I still always thought it was like a fluke, <laughs> or because I still definitely had that shortbread stigma in my mind. It's like I don't actually know what I'm doing. Why is anybody voting for me? No one knows what they're doing. Well, see, that's what I hadn't learned yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like. I knew my recipes weren't anything special and they definitely weren't that original. I was just making whatever came to my mind and I seemed excited to eat, which also usually made my food very hard to photograph or to look good because it was yeah, just food for eating, not food for taking pictures of. <laughs> yeah. But I think you've even gotten better at that since then is like balancing the making it f- photo worthy and making it delicious. I try. I try. <laughs> I wouldn't, I still don't feel like none of that feels natural, but I feel more comfortable cooking. Yes. At least. I think another big influence for me, I don't know if it's the same for you, but for me, and I went through, I feel like a little phase is chef's table. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. Chef's table was like, we like we talk about we do a lot of comfort food and all this kind of stuff but i feel like chef's table was like our first kind of foray into fine dining and like michelin star restaurants and that kind of food world where we're just like whoa this yeah, is so like, cool food as art almost yeah yeah and i think too when we were watching that it was also like damn like look at this cinematography look at the way Mm -hmm. they are telling these stories about food so it was kind of those two things hand in hand but there are some recipes or some recipes there are some episodes from chef's table that still i'm like that i i feel like i learned so much about food and flavor oh christina tosi always we will get to her but another one is the ramen episode of chef's Mm -hmm. table i think i go back to that one a lot i always put a um sauteed tomato on my ramen now because of that episode right yeah that one was so eye-opening to me because they kind of present ramen as like in Japan, it's this thing like there's ramen shops all over the place. But this is how each shop makes it unique and makes it special. And I think even just that little lesson trickled into this very complex cuisine taught me a lot. Yeah, no, it was it was a very I mean, we I slowly just kind of stopped watching the show. And I don't I think it's I don't know if it's still being made necessarily. Um, But yeah, no, the first like I want to say three seasons of that show heavily influenced a lot of like I think 
also just like our learning of other cultures and other um cuisines and things like that like it was such a it was a very interesting show to watch and i feel like it's an easy show to pick up a lot because a lot of it most normal average people would have no idea yeah and even though a lot of it can feel um way higher level than you'd ever really need to know as a home cook there's still parts of it that you'll take away and it will teach you something that you'll just apply at a more I don't want to say basic but just a more everyday yeah yeah exactly honestly I think that show more teaches you about like what food can be rather than like techniques that you can take back it's more about like the passion behind food and like what it can be and like what it means to certain people like hearing the chefs they spot like spotlit on each of the episodes just talk about food I feel like you kind of like outside of learning any kind of techniques or plating or anything like that it's just being like whoa like you realize food is such a bigger thing than you think about it because like I feel like food is just something that most people take for granted because it's just something you grab for lunch really quickly or you just do this or you just do this and maybe that's a very North American viewpoint because that's the viewpoint that I know um but I feel like that show just kind of stopped you and made you think about what food actually means yeah it can be more than just something that gives you sustenance it can be like a whole experience it can be so many and an expression of yourself so many emotions and feelings Mm -hmm. yeah and a story (laughs) oh my goodness that's beautiful yeah no I think if anything I think that's what I took out of that show obviously also some like plating techniques and things but I think that show just kind of you just you realize how magical food is yeah it's so interesting too as we talk through the years how our influences are so many different mediums yeah right and that's also just like technology evolving along with us but like we have so many options and so many ways for our food journey to be influenced yeah I also think too I feel like it's just like there's one thing like cookbooks I think will always inspire people But it's just so much easier to get into it when it's a television show and something is being made right in front of you or tasted right in front of you. I think TV shows, streaming services, movies, documentaries, whatever it is, it's just there's such it's such a powerful medium for food. Yeah. And depending what kind of learner you are, too, like the visuals that come along with that are huge because like I I need to read a recipe as much as I need to see the recipe because sometimes the words don't really tell me enough, especially when I was first learning. It was like, I don't know what you mean by this. I don't know what I should be doing. Here. Yeah. And you also have to be like a really, really good writer to really portray food in a like, it's a hard skill, a skill that I don't have that I'm hopefully working on. But like a, someone who like, it's very rare to find a writer who really knows how to write about food. Yeah. In, to a point that like anybody could understand just like, it yeah that could understand it could just be like oh my god this like I want to experience this yeah like it's, yeah. it's such a hard thing to convey just reading because you also have to when you're writing 
you could write it one way, but a reader's going to read it their way, right? So you have to, to be able to write food, I feel like is such an underrated skill. Mm-hmm. And as far as like techniques go, for me, it was like watching people do it. It was watching you chop things up because I would see you do it in person so many times and then I would watch you do it so many times in the edit. So like I was always watching the forced. technique and be like, I, I mean, I kind of was. <laughs> But it didn't feel like Forced it. learning. But I was definitely picking it up and just learning from being exposed to it so frequently. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing, right, too? Because, like, I think people always think to learn something, you have to do it, which, like, at, at a point, you also have to eventually do something to further your knowledge. But just turning on a cooking show, you're going to pick things up, even if you're not paying full attention to it. Like, you're going to learn a new word, whether it's like dice, fold, chop, all that, like in what that means and what it looks like and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like people like it's not just about the doing. It's also about just absorbing it. Like listen to a podcast, listen to a television show, watch a television show, whatever it is. You get so much from it. I also feel like it is not quite necessarily food making, but I feel like Chef's Table also inspired our slider filming when we were doing that a lot like that really smooth like b-roll our cinematography oh yeah we were like we could be like chef's table why not (laughs) yeah honestly (laughs) i i loved that stuff i i like what we do now too but like i some of those shots where you get like i I always go back to the potato waffle one where it was like the slide and the drizzle across the wall like such a good shot oh that stuff yeah that stuff was good It's just, it was so much fun. And I feel like that was like so inspired by Chef's Table. Big time. Yep. It's amazing to me that like we had like two things from like ages from childhood to like early adulthood. And then like the last five years, it's been so many things. Well, yeah, because like I I don't think I ever thought I would take food as seriously as I do. And maybe because like, I mean my family likes food but it's not really I don't think they feel the way I feel about it now like I'm on another level (laughs) yeah so because I didn't same with me and Hutch (laughs) yeah yeah so like it's because I didn't grow up around it that's why it didn't happen until I was kind of like exploring it on my own yeah do you have another one well I think after let's say chef's table I think there's just probably another gap because then I I think my biggest step has maybe been this past like year and a half or 18 months because I think it was the culmination of like getting into Christina Tosi, getting into Roy Choi and John Favreau cooking Mm -hmm. and then also not being around you to cook but still having to cook every weekend and those early months when I was like trying to make all the recipes but I didn't have any video to watch it on or anything it was like I don't I don't know if I'm doing this right or anything but I just I just kept doing it every weekend and I think I'm a way better cook because of it than I ever would have been without that time oh yeah because you made every recipe every week which normally you would just watch exactly I had to actually put all of that training into practice (laughs) yeah it goes back to (laughs) like observing and taking things in and then eventually you just kind of have to start and do it yeah yeah so to the point where I was doing it every weekend and then I was like we were watching Christina Tosi any chance we got or we were watching Roy Choi 
yeah. And so also watching those things and practicing cooking, I got to the point where I was like, I'm going to start just making stuff. Yeah. So that experience of cooking, I guess, kind of more independently or just like feeling more confident to try different things and just experiment and not be so nervous in the kitchen. Yeah. And you started doing like your own thing. So it wasn't like you were just making like our weekly recipes. You also started doing like a Sunday brunch for your family. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You also were baking a ton of cakes at a point. Like yeah. you, you started doing things on your own, not just when we were doing TMG stuff. And I don't even know how all of that really happened. But like it's to the point where like I think I'm a little bit like bossy and arrogant in the kitchen when <laughs> oh I'm cooking God. with my parents now. I do it all the time. <laughs> Hutch hates cooking with me. Because like, I don't know. Do you do the same thing where like, so Hutch will be cooking something and like, I know there's a more efficient way or like I could do it faster or I could do this. And I'm just like, why don't you just try to do this? Or just, I, I like purposely have to hold myself back. I think mine's usually like, well, like, what do you what do you think of that flavor, though? Like, do you think have <laughs> like you been passive tasting? aggressive? Have, have you have you been seasoning it all along? Like, are we tasting as we go? Yeah. My biggest thing now is on the salt. So we make pasta. We made pasta together last night, and he always makes the pasta because he's a better. He cooks pasta way better than I do, like the noodle. <laughs> but he doesn't salt things. He does not. And I literally, I was like cooking the pasta, the sauce. I was like, you you salted the water, right? And he's like, yeah. I was like, you salted the water, right? Because I was like, <laughs> this is gonna determine if I add more salt to this pasta sauce. In my head, I was like. You salted the water. He's like, I did a little bit. I was like, okay, it's good enough, I guess. <laughs> but even that that comfort level with how to season things, like for me, I guess the next big influence would be Samin. Yes, I was going to bring her up too. <laughs> yeah, how could it not be? I think she's probably the most recent big influence. Yes. She just, I think another one of those where I've never learned so much, like, and realize I learned so much. Like, I was watching... What's the order of it? Salt, salt, fat, acid, heat? Yeah. I was watching Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. And I was like, wow, there was so much to take in. Like, I'm re- like I mean, we talked about it on the podcast, which is why I was writing things down. But, like, it's like you could fill a notebook with as much stuff that you could learn from her show. And I... I think we had both watched it before a little bit, like before we watched it for the podcast. Like I know I had seen episodes. I hadn't. But so for me, watching it even like for the third or fourth time, I'm like, okay, I'm absorbing this even in a different way now because I'm actually cooking more. So I know more what to take away from these techniques because like I'm going to actually go and do it instead of just kind of like, oh, yeah, that, that's, that's cool. That I'll try nice. that. I'll try that when I make dinner tomorrow. Yeah. 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 So watching Samin's cooking and even listening to her talk about cooking on her podcast, Home Cooking, like those things combined with me, again, also actually cooking on a consistent basis. It was just like the perfect storm for me to be like, okay, I'm kind of getting comfortable in, let's say, more technique type stuff. Now let's explore like flavor and getting more confident in that. Yeah. And knowing like how to balance flavors yeah and what what is acidic what is not what is because acidity is a whole world that i was like you think you know things 
and then someone tells you something you're like wait what (laughs) (laughs) hold on bananas are acidic (laughs) what even something as simple as oh i can like not follow this recipe exactly but if i just taste it as i'm going and how does this taste to me not quite right and then even knowing well what's the thing that i need to add like that part i think that's kind of the stage that i'm at now where i'm like kind of starting to feel more like i think i know what this needs and i go get it and i just add a little bit and that's also something like when i'm cooking with other people in my house i'm like well let's just taste it what do we taste how do we feel about the taste what do we think it needs and they'll always be like well i mean i don't I don't know. I don't know anything. I'm like, no, no, it's not like a, there's not a wrong answer. Just how do you feel about the flavor and the taste? Yeah. My favorite thing ever is when I'll be like cooking with Hudge. And I think about all this stuff now too, is like, do I have an acid? Do I have a salt? Do I have like all the components, right? Um, And like, I'll be making something and I'll have like limes on the side to squeeze on last minute for that extra like pop of freshness. Um, and I'll be like, Hutch, oh, I have limes for it. He's like, no, don't need it. I was like, but, but you do need it. No, no, no. The, <laughs> the dish needs it. He's like, no, it tastes fine. I was like, no, no, it it, it needs it. It needs it to balance it out. Because, <laughs> like, aren't those all the things that we don't actually realize are part of the reason that restaurant food sometimes tastes better? It's so better good. Because yeah. it has all those layers. You just don't realize it because you're not seeing behind the scenes. It's the same thing I say about salt. <laughs> like hutch things need salt that's why restaurant food is so good (laughs) salt and like the amount of fat yeah 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 no that's 100 true it's like it's one of those things that you it's like when you're layering flavors and balancing flavors that you don't really realize when you're doing it even tasting throughout sometimes you don't really realize until and like i think you shouldn't realize necessarily every single component. It should come together into this one thing that you just, you taste and you're like, whoa, this is so good. Like, and I, I think that's, that's when you know you're getting to a point where you kind of understand balancing flavors and what a dish needs is when you have that, whoa, this is really good. Like, it doesn't feel like it's missing anything. Yeah. Oh my God. Such a satisfying feeling, but also doesn't happen every time and that's okay, but it's, even you make it one time, you're like, well, I think next time we got to remember to do this because like it's it's lacking a little bit in this area. So let's try to pick that up next time, even just knowing that. Yeah, I think both you and I have learned, I want to say so much in the last two years alone between I think the biggest influences of the last two years for us have been Christina Tosi and Samin. Oh, yeah, I think easily. Right. And to an extent, I also think chef. Roy Choi, John Favreau to the Big point of time. just how excited he gets about food. Like John Favreau is not a chef. He's not tr- I mean, he's more trained than we are cuz he's trained through Roy Choi, but like just his excitement for food, I feel like taught us things about food. Yeah, and cuz John was probably one of the first examples of me seeing somebody else who was like not who was still learning but who was like enjoying that process. I was like, well, if John can just like ask questions and learn along the way and like figure it out, then like I can too. Like, am I, is John, am I like, is he a cooking like idol to me? Just because of how 
just how willing he is to learn and to not be good at it at first. Yeah, he is honestly, like, without a doubt, he is one of my favorite people to watch learn something new because there's no, like... There's no arrogance to it because John Favreau is a very famous person. He's done a lot of amazing things. Um, there's no arrogance to him. There's no um, no cockiness. There's no... And even though he seems to be a really good cook or at least home cook now that he's learned so much, he's still like... He's, he still's like, no, no, no. Teach me everything. I don't even like know... Like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I just, like, I can make bread, sure, but no, 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 <laughs> teach me more. Right? Oh, so, like, so relatable. It's just, it's so humbling in his willingness to learn and his, more his eagerness to learn, I think is one of the best qualities to have and not being afraid of, like, messing things up and just going in and doing it and just having fun. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I yes. think is one of the best qualities you can have as a human being. And it's, I mean, it's a hard thing to not get embarrassed when you do something wrong or like to not want to just be like, oh, I sucked at this. Now I should just crawl in a hole and never do this again. Which is like the shortbread experience. But now (laughs) we've, we've learned. Now we're like John. Yeah, I honestly think like we've learned so much technique wise and all this stuff from professional chefs and cooks. But, like, I honestly think we've learned so much from John Favreau and how to learn a new skill and the questions to ask and how to just live life excited and happy and, like, excited about learning a new skill. Yeah. And actually, that kind of leads into a quote from the end of the article that I feel like is also a good way to summarize the conversation because Nora went on to... I mean, she wrote a lot of books, but in one of her books, she featured a lot of recipes in it because she was like, I'm never going to get to make a book of recipes, but I can put recipes in my book about something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a food expert wrote about the book and says that the recipes were not particularly original, but it seemed to me that she had missed the point. This is what Nora is saying about the expert. The point wasn't about the recipes. The point, in brackets, I was starting to realize was about making people feel at home, about finding your own style, whatever it was, and committing to it. The point was about giving up neurosis where food was concerned. The point was about finding a way that food fit into your life. I just love that part about, like, relaxing about food and figuring out your style and just, like, leaning into that. Yeah. Because it kind of feels like that's also where we're at and, like, that's probably the goal and always has been. I just didn't know it. (laughs) (laughs) yeah like Devin going back to um burning Pillsbury cookies and your shortbread incidents did you ever think you'd be at this point with food where first of all that you even just want to cook no and I think that was also like the funny thing when I even started a food blog with you yeah (laughs) (laughs) honestly even like like I had been getting into food before we started this blog because I had my own blog before But, like, even that, like, I don't even really know where that came from because I wasn't really into food before either. And honestly, I think it just stemmed from veganism and having to cook more things. And I was like, oh, food's actually kind of fun. Yeah. And you have to get creative with it. Yeah. And I think when I went vegan is when I started really actually reading blogs. I Like, blogs have existed for a long time. But 
I don't think I ever really read any before I read food blogs. So I think, yeah, I like I feel like for both of us, food was just kind of a really random thing that turned into a very wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have such a better relationship with food because of all of this. Yeah, just be glad that we didn't go the DIY route. <laughs> oh my goodness, it was painful. <laughs> I think I took those videos down. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were cute DIYs, but it was not, like you could tell it was never going to be our thing. <laughs> we're not really like lifestyle or DIY bloggers at all. Just stick to the food. Yeah, I am a food DIYer. <laughs> and I'm quite happy. And it's quite creative. I don't need to do the other DIYs. Yeah. But yeah, this was a really fun conversation to kind of talk about your food influences. Yeah. I think everybody should do it. Yeah, acknowledging how much we've learned and grown in our cooking. Honestly, just go back to one of our, like, when did we start this vlog? What year is it? 2016, I think we started it. Go back to one of our recipes in 2016 and then look at one now. You can tell how much we've learned. Do you have to? You don't have to do that. (laughs) Just for fun and our embarrassment. (laughs) Yeah. Yay. Progress. You can see all of our growth and progress on the internet. Progress is important. I think it's it's fun to see even like bloggers that are like huge bloggers now when you stumble upon one of theirs from like five or six years ago you're like whoa is this the same person (laughs) it's that cliche thing you know everyone has to start somewhere yeah I think it's really fun to be able to see your growth in whatever it is even if it's just like your writing your videography your whatever it is it's so fun to see your growth sometimes it's cringy uh but I think that's part of the fun (laughs) yeah And, like, thank you to all the recipes, food bloggers, cooks, shows that have helped us along the way. Shout out to Martha. Shout out (laughs) to Martha. (laughs) (laughs) And I hope this episode inspired other people to think about their cooking journey. If you're into that or just getting more excited about food, even if you don't necessarily cook it, being excited about eating it is fun too so yeah i think there's like you can still be excited about the food you order in and like ask yourself why you like it and learn about it i think it's so you don't have to love cooking to love food yeah honestly i think life is too short to not get excited about your food i agree i think food is something that you have to you have most people do three times a day is you eat food or something why not make it fun and exciting and something you want to do or want or have any kind of interest in i think it's something that we do a lot of as human beings is eat so you may as well make it fun exactly and if you want to check out any of our recipes to bring you some joy into your life they're at twomarketgirls.com and you can find all our videos on youtube as two market girls and on all the socials Highly recommend our uh, creamy sun-dried tomato pasta. Pinterest is really liking it right now. So I just made that last week. Oh, that one. So good. And also Devin's uh, bean quesadilla. Pinterest is also loving that one right now. I had a quesadilla last night. What the heck's happening? Wow. That's creepy. 